The Doctor Is In is a co-production of Bobby Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Nice to have you with me here on The Doctor Is In. You have always been a voice of reason through all of this. Appreciate your time, what you're doing for America. I give you advice. It doesn't work at all. You are definitely not inept by any means. I like to hear women say that about me. Whatever advice you're going to send my way, I am 100% taking it. I can't tell you what to do. I will not tell you what to do. Okay. Well, thanks. That wasn't the answer I wanted. Are you kidding me? Great stuff, Dr. Ray. Glad I called. I've scheduled my day around listening to your radio show. (laughs) Don't have to laugh so hard. Now, from the studios of Living Bread Radio Network in Canton, Ohio, the hometown of Mother Angelica, here's Dr. Ray. Very nice to be with you. The doctor is in diligently avoids all new age stuff. Mostly it's middle age and above here as I'm moving towards the waterfall of life. But we can provide you some psychological vaccine for what ails. Leighton, Parenthus, Maximus, Wimpus, Bratus, Majoris. Some research coming in. Average IQ of a listener who is off and on tuned into the program for one year. 6.7 points. That's right. 6.7 points. All the way up. Good to have you with me. Today, Manning. And I can say that, can I? Can I say Manning? Is that, I don't know, is that assuming? Personing the phones and running the board is Eric Dumont. As we don't, I don't know where Alexander, not Alexander, where Andrew went, but um, not there. I don't know where Alexander came from. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, good to have you with me. Program number 877-573. 7825. Tried saying it slower because it's not an easy number to recall. This is easier. 877-57-EQUAL. Now yesterday we had a combination of calls. Some folks were asking about personal situations. Some folks were calling in to ask about and help others. They said, look here, here's how we dealt with this or here's how this impacted our life and how we made it better and how you just didn't you just didn't get it dr ray and then we also had a generic call a young man called in about uh, a charismatic worship event that he was at and he didn't quite know how to interpret that so it was a generic call i'm a psychologist i was at the office this morning office this afternoon here no diagnosis no therapy give you a few bits and pieces of education, maybe a couple options to choose from. 877-573-7825. My sister is two years younger than me. When we were growing up, that's pretty close in age. Although I saw myself as the big brother, uh, smarter, more capable... When we got into arguments, more reasonable, more rational, making the better points, at least as I saw it. However, my sister seemed to defeat me a lot. 
typical scenario. My mom would make a cake. And she would save leftover pieces of that cake from the previous supper in the refrigerator. And you know how they put the toothpicks on it to keep the wax paper from coming down on the icing? Some of you might remember that. So there'd be a piece in there for me, a piece for my sister. All day long, I got terrible grades at school because I was thinking about the cake. Chocolate. With chocolate icing. I was waiting for that cake. Ooh. I came home before I even dropped anything I had and went straight to the refrigerator, wrenched the door open, and the cake was gone. Both pieces. My sister got home a little bit earlier than I did. Marianne. What? Did you see what happened to those pieces of cake? Maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. Marianne, you're the only one home. Mom Mom said that there was a piece for you and a piece for me. Now, they wouldn't eat that piece of cake. You must have. Now, here's where my sister would get me. I thought, okay, I've looked at the evidence. Mom and Dad are not there. The cake was in the refrigerator when I left that morning. The only one home was Marianne between the time I got there and the gone cake. I got her. She's got to admit it. So her response. So I continued. Mom said you had a piece and I had a piece. One of those pieces was mine. So when mom gets home, I'm going to let her know what you did. So that First of all, I was looking forward to that cake all day long. So, now, <clears throat> one might say, well, it's not, not really fair, right? Your sister, just to kind of respond with a so. But I learned something about the word so. It's a good word. Now, Marianne was using it kind of snarkily. More or less, I don't care. But are you a so Christian? Now, don't mishear me. You're thinking, I'm not an I don't care Christian. No, no, no. I'm using the word so in a positive sense. For example, somebody says something about you that's just not true. It's unfair. It's a personal snark remark. Can you, in your mind, say so? Dr. Ray, what are you talking about? When you say so, what you're saying is, I'm not going to upset myself over what you just said. So? So you accuse me of something that's totally untrue. 
Now, yeah, I can defend myself, I suppose, but but you've said these things before, and we've gotten into arguments before, and so what do I do? So? So kind of says, I'm hard to offend. My only worry, concern, is whether what you say is true or not. That's really what I'm asked by our Lord to understand, to realize. Is it true? If it's not true, by your, by your best judgment, it's very hard to be objective about yourself, but by your best judgment, if it's not true, if it's just an accusation, if it's unfair, if it's mean, whatever it might be, can you say so? I don't mean can you say so, like I'm going to confirm what you just said. No. Can you say to yourself in your head, so? Meaning, I'm not going to upset myself over this. I'm not going to argue with you over this. When my sister did it, she was seven or eight years old, so you can't really blame her too much. She was using it as an I don't care. But as an adult, there is still an I don't care component to it. Because if someone says something offensive, do you have to care about what they said? Oh, come on, Dr. Ray. You're go- what, are, what are we, robots? That it doesn't matter what anybody says? It doesn't affect us? No, certainly it does. Some people more than others. But so is a great word to have in your mind. When somebody says or does something that you can't control, you can't stop what they're going to say. So maybe you ought to just say to yourself, eh. So, that's kind of a way of saying I'm not going to distress myself over something said to me that I believe is untrue, unfair, nasty. So, 877-573-7825 is the number to call to get out of the program. I'm Dr. Ray Garendi. I do appreciate you. And let's, uh, let's get some calls in there, and we'll talk. He was a doctor of the church and one of the most famous saints of all time. Matthew Bunsen and the Doctors of the Church. St. Augustine is honored for his immense contributions to theology, but he balanced his genius with humility. Once declared it was pride that changed angels into devils, it is humility that makes men as angels. He died in 461. For more about the Doctors of the Church, visit doctorsofthechurch.com. Underwritten in part by the following nonprofit. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything, even things you don't believe in? There are options. You can join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith-based health sharing community. Plus, Solidarity HealthShare can save you money with prices starting as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save. 844-398-9399. That's 844-398-9399. Hi, I'm Al Cresta. Our generation is the first in human history to widely reject that life has any overarching purpose. Morality is considered relative, and we're even uncertain about what it means to be a man or a woman. Catholics at this time need to be awake, not woke. Sit down with Renewal Ministries' Peter Herbeck and I for an extended conversation with Noel Maring. 
author of Awake, Not Woke. It's available on the Renewal Ministries YouTube page or in the slider at AveMariaRadio.net. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual fund. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. Well, we got a call just recently that preempts other calls. I don't know if uh, Eric is still screaming that call, but he was on the end of the program. And the rule is, if you were on the line at the end of the program, you jump the line. So I know we have a call from Florida, and I'm asking her to be patient because Arthur from Buffalo is throwing down his right bar, his trump card. Hi, Arthur. Hi, it's actually, yeah, Arthur. Hi. Arthur, okay, yeah, gotcha. I was just, right. You, you had, a, I think it was the week before last, you had some calls regarding uh, should people attend Mass that is not, at least a wedding that is not sacramental. And um, I just had a suggestion about that. Uh, okay. You know, it, it, it's kind of a question of whether you're putting God first or your family first. And I was reminded when I heard that of, of uh, I think it's about the 10th chapter of Matthew, where Jesus said, I did not come to bring peace. I came to bring division. And he said, this will turn, you know, mother-in-law against daughter-in-law, father against son, all that kind of thing. And I think that's what he was referring to. If uh, you didn't want to bring division, but if you stick to, uh, you know, your faith and your beliefs, it's going to bring division in your family. And I guess the question is, what is more important to you? Yeah, and a lot of times, author, in those cases, it is very clear-cut. For example, it it would be a civil union between same-sex partners, or it would be a on-the-beach kind of thing by a kid who says, I'm still Catholic. Other times, it's between, say, for example, someone who's left the church nine years ago, perhaps, though, he didn't formally renounce his leaving the church. And as a result, uh, that's your kid. And you recognize that it could create great, great division in your family if you just completely ignore in any way that ceremony. Because I've heard priests say at some level you got to weigh it. I've heard other priests say just what you're saying. As a matter of fact, no. Uh, if, it's, if it's between a Catholic or two Catholics, and it's not a sacramental marriage, it's uh, some kind of um, blend of something that they've concocted, you don't go at all. I, I've heard that, and I, and I respect that. Um, but I've also heard some priests say, well, you know, at a certain level, in some exceptional cases maybe, 
you decide exactly where the where the act is going to take place and how much damage will occur through misunderstanding or hostility. But I understand what you're saying, but I'd like to comment just very quickly when our Lord said, I have come to bring division. Many people interpret that as saying that was his intent. I came to bring division. And I don't know what the original Greek said and how that was uh, translated, but I would think what he meant was, and you've alluded to this, my presence will bring division because people will choose to follow me and others won't. And those people can very often be within the same family. So, yeah. Well, also, thank you very much, sir, for the call. Appreciate that. Just, 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 just one other thing. Um, I guess it, it also goes to considering what sort of relationship you have with those family members. If they would cut you off for something like that, is perhaps the rest of the relationship not that great? Well, I've said that before many times on the program. If someone is going to shun you and remove you from their lives because you are acting according to a deeply held religious belief, that relationship is not strong. That's exactly right. So your point is well taken. Gotcha. Thanks, Arthur. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it, sir. Appreciate very much. It. Okay. Uh, Denise is calling because there was a call, and bo- both of these uh, calls allude to earlier calls, and Denise says, okay, I want to comment. On a call a few days ago, uh, someone feeling very badly about never being a grandmother because her daughter is same-sex attracted and is uh, is in a partnership with a woman. Hi, Denise. Hi, Dr. Ray. Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. Excellent. My heart broke for that lady. Uh, I was that lady um, years and years ago. Um, my son's marriage failed, um, and I, he's in his late forties now, and I thought that, um, I couldn't go on not being a grandmother, but Mm. I found that there was so much more I could give to others, um, babysitting. Maybe this lady can babysit, uh, niece, this child, nephew's child, neighbor's child, Maybe she can help out with seniors, um, which is what I do. Maybe she can do um, get more involved in the church and women's groups. Um, my church recently, well, last summer, um, had a baby shower for an, a lady, a married lady, uh, first child, but uh, they were living in a trailer and didn't have much money, and the ladies all got together, bought beautiful gifts, her a, a, a Denise, you said an shower. interesting comment at the beginning of your call. Okay. It's curious. You said, I felt that I couldn't go on. What? That's a scary yes, comment. What does that mean? I couldn't go on. Well, a lot of regrets from the past. First of all, I'm an only child. And I have an only child. I didn't know that... Um, I wasn't able to have more children after my son was born and uh, come to find out. I wanted to have six kids. Figured I'd, you know, since I came from just being always alone, that I would have a big family. And it didn't work out that way. 
And, um, you know, physically it didn't work out that way that I wasn't able to have more. And um, so I felt devastated because all my friends were having, their, their, their daughters and sons were having children. So I couldn't even stay on Facebook, which I was doing it only minimally anyway, but all you saw were your friends' kids. Well, Denise, you were mistaken. Daughters. You were mistaken. You were convinced at some point that you used the word devastated, which is probably a little less serious than couldn't go on, but you were convinced that my life, as I knew it, as I hoped it would be, is gone. That's what you were convinced of. Well, obviously, obviously you were wrong because your, your, the rest of your call said, this is what I did instead. So I, I guess, I guess my question is, how did you transform from a point of I can't go on to I can go on, and not only that, but I can do good? How did that happen? Uh, a lot of prayer, and I started, I stopped having a pity party for myself. And I just started wanting to get out of the house and do something positive, make a difference for other people. It actually started, too, when I started picking up um, or choosing the little angels on the Christmas trees at the church in December. And I would always pick two little girls, age six, and I would buy lots and lots of gifts for these little girls. And I wasn't pretending that they were my children, but I knew that these little girls were coming from, you know, families that didn't have a lot of money, and that gave me great joy. So I would go shopping and pick up dresses. and. So you served others. You served others. I did. did. Good good for Mm -hmm. you. Good for you. Uh Uh-huh. And so I think that's, that's an answer or possibly can be an answer to this lady to, okay, you know what? Okay. Um, God just directed us in a different direction, Got not it. to be grandmas, but we can still do other things there for other people. Thank you, Denise. Good call. Thank you so much. You give hope Thank to you, a lot sir. of people. Okay. You're welcome. Thank you. Bye-bye. It's interesting because most of us have situations in our lives where we transform our approach to something. We start out thinking and feeling a certain direction, and we think that that is the direction to feel. Denise's case, she was not going to be a grandmother like she had hoped, and therefore she concluded that that was intolerable. But yet... She altered that feeling. She went beyond intolerable to doing good. Now, my point here is that so often people are saying, I can't be happy if this situation continues. I can't feel good if this person in my life is like that. But yet, we all have circumstances we can look back on and watch how we changed. We changed our thinking. And then our feelings followed. We changed. I don't think the same as I did when I was 16. A lot of things changed. How'd that happen? 
because we realize there are better ways to look at it. Denise realized there's a better way to look at this than to sit and say, oh, I got ripped off. One kid, I'm an only child, so therefore. But then she didn't do that. She, she altered it. She altered it on her own, by the way. I wonder if somebody would have told her, hey, Denise, don't have a pity party. If she would have got real upset hearing that the first time around. But she had to conclude, stop having the pity party and do something about it. The old country song. You can feel bad if it makes you feel better. 877-573-7825. We got halfway through the program. This is when we get a second wave of calls. And I'm inviting you because there are lines open, which a lot of times we don't have. So feel free. Give a call. Uh, You'll have a pretty good chance of getting on. I'm Dr. Ray. Father Benedict Rochelle. I don't think people should have negative fears of God, but I think you should get a lump in your throat. You should feel excited. Suppose I was going to take you and introduce you to the Pope or to the President of some country or something. You might get a little lump in your throat. Forget it. Every day, you, I, live and move and have our being in the presence of God. These are the class of feelings we should have. And we should have them to an intense degree if we really had the sight of Almighty God. These feelings are the feelings which we shall have if we realize His presence. And in proportion as we believe that He is present, we shall have them. And not to have them is not to realize, not to believe that God is present to us. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Catholic Connection with Teresa Tomio. The saints are very, very aware of us. Revelation 5 talks about the bowls of incense or the prayers of the saints. We ask them for their intercession, and they love praying for us. St. Teresa said, I'm going to spend my time in heaven doing good on earth. And the reason people are walking through this life of sainthood, you know, they start as venerable, then move to blessed, and then move, God willing, to canonization is because they're interceding. In other words, they're taking requests to Jesus on our behalf. The prayers of intercession to the saints result in miracles, confirmed miracles that are tested exhaustively. So the church is built on solid ground when it comes to the intercession of the saints. Catholic Connections, Teresa Tomio. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern, on EWTN Radio. Wait, wait, you, but you're telling me I'm wrong? Yes, yes I am, Dr. Ray. Well, apparently what they're doing is, you know how they can make your voice, AI can make your voice perfectly imitated? That's apparently what they did. I, I don't know if Eric Dumont is... Sophisticated enough to do something like that, but uh, it sure sounded like me, but it might have been tinkering going on. Good to have you with me. The number to get onto the program, 877-573-7825, 877-57 equal before I go to Chris. Uh, quick announcement. 
Um, the pilgrimage that myself and Father Leo Paddling Hug are leading to Italy in October has been sold out. However, it's not sold out. They have opened up a few more places. So if you go to my website, drray.com, a little drop down will tell you where to go and check it out and see if it's anything you're interested in. Chris is okay from City OK. How are you, Chris? Oh, I'm okay. Uh, Good. Thank you for asking. Um, uh, first of all, I think I should say that I was a Protestant and I came into the church in uh, 2007, uh, but then I left it and now I'm back. So Why'd you leave? I'm trying to make my way back. Why'd you leave? Um, I kind of wanted to do life my way instead of following the uh, teaching of the church. How'd that work? Uh, not very well. Hmm. Life sort of fell apart after I left the church. Um, I've been wandering around ever since. But anyway, what I wanted to ask you about was um, something happened between me and uh, somebody else when I was 13 years old. And um, I was confronted about it by who his con- friends. Who, his, his friends recently confronted you and said he said no, that you guys... after it happened. Oh, like okay, gotcha. I'm 39 now. Got it. Um, they confronted me, and I, I lied about it. I lied to them all. And uh, You said I didn't do it. Anyway, yeah. And... Um, Something reminded me of that incident um, when I was probably like 35 years old. I can't remember the exact date, but I thought, you know, I can't uh, live with this thought in my mind anymore. Um, What thought? That that you lied? Yeah, that I lied and that I... uh, How many years ago? That was in 1997, I think. All right. So 27 years ago. Yeah. Okay. So I found the person on Facebook because I that didn't you, know that you lied to that. the person that you lied to yes. when you were th- when you were 13. Yes. Alright. And so um, we met. And he agreed to meet. He asked me if I wanted to go eat somewhere and talk. And uh, I basically just said, you know. Um, something like I'm sorry for what I did and um, you know I'm sorry I lied about it or whatever and uh, um, I I couldn't I told him I couldn't deal with this feeling of not knowing whether or not he would forgive me and uh, he told me it's water under the bridge and um, paid for my meal and so um, I've talked about this several times with several uh, Protestant pastors and uh, Protestant people within the church, uh, Protestant church, and I've um, only brought it up a couple of times with uh, Catholic priests, but it seems like whatever I've said, um, pri- what I thought was being said in private got out, and I feel like people 
are talking about me all the time. And I don't know what to do about that. And you, you were talking about the word so. I'm like, well, I don't think I can say that. Well, there's two levels here, Chris. The first is, this was 27 years ago. You were 13. Very different person, I can assume, than you are now. So you, you, you lied to get yourself out of trouble. All right. You did probably what many would think is over and above the call of duty, running down this person. And uh, they're, quote unquote, willing after 20 plus years to talk to you. And I'm kind of relieved that they said, hey, that was long ago. Let it go. So it sounded like they said. Yeah. But but you won't. And this, that's the second level of all this. The fact that there is a bit of uh, suspicion here, a, a borderline. I don't want to use the word. Let me just simply say that the fact that this has tormented you for that long, something way in the past, something you probably confessed when you came into the church. So why is this still eating at you is the question. Rather than you being able to say, yeah, I was 13, did something pretty bad, okay. Somebody asked me about it, okay. Now, when you're saying this is getting out, who in the heck would care about something you did as a 13-year-old kid, how is it getting out, and who is it getting out to? Well, um, I'm not sure, except maybe I I sort of hinted around at what I did on, on social media. Uh, I kind of put it out there. Um, you were seeking forgiveness. Yeah. Well, that was dumb. Yeah. Okay, so you blew it. All right. Now, did you notice the word I just said? So you blew it. Yeah. You're going to have to let it go. And it's like the previous call when I made the comment that we can change the way we think. We do it all the time. You can change the way you think. You can say that was uh, something happened a long time ago. I'm forgiven. It's gone. Um, done. For it to affect me at this level, all this many years later, is something I'm allowing. I'm doing this. The event isn't doing this. I'm doing this to me. And until you get to that point where you realize that, you're simply going to say, wasn't that terrible and awful, and I don't know how to fix it. Your attempt on Facebook was an attempt to fix it. It was a very bad attempt. Yeah, I know. Hey, we do all kinds of things. We think we're going to fix stuff, and it blows up in our face. It happens a lot. But but my strong suggestion to you is bring it to the Lord. If you want to confess it again, go ahead, confess it again. You'll be forgiven. It's over. It's done. You don't have to go back and find every single person and say, let me tell you what happened, and let me tell you why it happened. That That's, Wow. You're putting an unbelievable burden on yourself there, Chris, and it's not a burden the church would want you to have because all it does is it constricts you from being at peace and from doing good things that you would otherwise do except that you're kind of caught up in distress. 877-573-7825. 877-57-EQUAL. 
Can viewing art, even online, improve your health? I'm Chuck Gatica, and this is Journey Strong. Viewing works of art can positively affect our well-being. Think of all the art we're surrounded by daily, in and out of church life. How about the beauty of nature, stained glass, and beautiful cathedrals, great works of art? The list goes on. According to a study, when participants view works of art, even on a screen, their mood is positively affected. Psalm 104 teaches us that God made the beauties of creation because He enjoyed them, and we should too. Think of it. You're on the road or you're stuck in your home, but you have access to a screen. Try viewing some great works of art. The possibilities for enhancing mental health and moods of seniors and those with health problems is immense. The study further suggests this brings us more pleasure in life. Check out the Journey Strong tab for more on this at the homepage of AveMariaRadio.net. The Archbishop of Detroit, Alan Vigneron, published a little booklet called The Beauty of Truth, and it, it deals with this very question of words and the use of words. And it's a great sorrow, the Archbishop points out, when the quantity of words being expressed is at an all-time high and the consequences of ill-used words... <laughs> are causing more harm to the cause of truth and the good of the human soul than maybe ever before. Are we part, as I say, are we part of the problem or are we part of the solution? Are, are we constantly carping uh, about society, church, uh, media, police? Uh, because if so, we're going we're gonna to have to go out of our way to demonstrate this kind of patience with one another, to let people think through things rather than you know, immediately slam them with, I've got the answer for you, buddy. Words matter. Cresta in the afternoon, weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. I've had psychologists and other people in my life, and you're the best one so far. That Ray, he's something. Hear that B3 screaming? Hammond B3? Thanks for joining me here. Well, Lisa's got a situation. Lisa is from L.A. She is in a circumstance that I have been in on a number of occasions. Hi, Lisa. Hey, doctor. So, I have a friend who I've known for many, many years, and she's a a wonderful, wonderful person, and um, she contacted me last week asking me would I be part of a book that she is writing telling our story of adopting our daughter uh, from another country. Um, and I was very excited. <laughs> Sometimes I do that. I jump before I really think things through. And um, was like, oh my gosh, we always always felt I should have written this story down. That's so great. Great you're doing this. Here's a few other names of people I might could get, whatever. <laughs> then, um, once I mentioned it to my husband, he said, well, who else is going to be included in the book? Well, then I stopped because my friend um, in the last several years has the way 
we don't think exactly the same within our Catholic faith uh, that much anymore. In the fact that she has thrown same-sex marriage showers for people when they've adopted and different things. So then it came to me that, oh, my goodness, it's probably going to have testimonies on that spectrum as well. My question to you is, what is the best way uh, to approach that subject? Um, Because I do not feel that um, living my faith, I can possibly be contribute to that. Well, perhaps the best way to approach that subject is not to approach that particular subject. For example, you can say, I was doing a lot of thinking about this, and there are aspects of our adoption that I don't really want to make public. And to tell the story, uh, I might reveal details, or there would be details that uh, people can put together that I'm going to back out on that. I had that with us. I were people who wanted to say, we want to do we want to do this, 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 and this on your children. And I thought to myself, whoa, 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 whoa. They're still kids, or I don't know how old your daughter is. She's probably grown. But there's there's privacy issues here. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'd tell. I'd say, thanks for asking me, but at this point, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back out. And then okay. she'll, she'll probably push on you because, you know what? She'll probably suspect... <laughs> that you're definitely going to. Th- yeah that your reason is oh so you're afraid of what else i'm going to say in there and if she does that you can say well that's probably true so you're asking me to cooperate in something i don't believe in right now here's oh, the pr- my big my big mouth doctor was like oh this is the greatest thing ever could happen and i know my daughter would want to do this which she said oh yeah i would love that mom and all of that it, but then the issue well if she doesn't let you back out because of privacy issues mm-hmm. and she and she corners you and says that's not really what it is isn't it you have a real mm-hmm. problem with my stance on same-sex mm-hmm. unions and you have a real problem with that don't you then you can answer you can say i i follow what the church teaches am i not allowed and if your friend I like that. <laughs> If your friend, supposedly your very good friend, writes you off because of that, then she's not a very good friend. She's, she's a conditionally good friend. You are not allowed to have your own moral beliefs. Yeah. You are you are being critical of her in her mind. Right. Uh, I'm not, cons- not a concern because someone, my husband said, well, you know, you can always say I'm sorry, but this is, I don't want to say I'm sorry because no. I'm, I'm not You're not, ap- sorry you're not apologizing. No, you say, I've thought about it. I've thought about it a little more. I was impulsive. Yeah. There's, that's a good word, impulsive, and I was. Well, I was impulsive. I'm sitting at uh, breakfast at uh, Bob Evans with Father Larry Richards. This was probably about 12 years ago. He says, I'm going to write a book 
called Be a Man. I want to come from the priestly clerical perspective, and, and I would like you to come from the psychological perspective. And I said, oh, Father Larry, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I was working on the adoption book at the time. I said, I, oh, I'll tell you, I'm so busy. I'm, I'm going to have to pass. Well, that was, and I've told this to Father Larry many times since, that was the dumbest <laughs> business move I made because that book, Be a Man, went on to sell 100,000-plus copies, <laughs> is still in print, is still doing well, has been translated into other languages. <laughs> I said, what a doofus I was. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Win some, you lose some. Yeah, you got that one. All right, sweetheart. And by the way, Lisa Thank from you. Louisiana, I could tell by your accent. I saw L.A. up there. I just immediately thought Los Angeles, but it's Louisiana. Yes, sir. Because I know I didn't ask you this, mm-hmm. but you and I was listening. When you talked about your friend wanting you to help her write, you didn't say book. You said book. <laughs> I was waiting for a book. She wants me to write a book. No, sir. I'm not from New Orleans. We're closer uh, to Dallas, the Arklatex. So I don't have quite the Cajun. <laughs> oh, thank you, dear. Good luck to you. Thank you, sir. Bye. Bye-bye. This is Dr. Ray. I'll be back. Uh, started drinking beer on Saturday nights, uh, sleeping in on Sunday mornings, missing mass, and then it just became a pattern and continued. Without God, I don't know where I'd be right now. I know the importance of the Eucharist. I know the importance of the sacraments that I didn't know at a young age. I follow God's will because my desire is to get to heaven. Our our lives are rich and full by being members of the church. If you've been away from the Catholic Church, visit catholicscomehome.org. Brought to you by the nonprofit Seton Home Study. Hi, everybody. Dr. Ray Garendi here. You thinking about homeschooling? Seton Homeschooling, 40 years of experience. 17,000 current students, pre-K through high school. They provide the books, the lesson plans, the counselors, the grading services, the tests. That's right, pretty much everything. My wife and I use Seton, some of our children. Tell you this, two of them got perfect ACT scores in verbal. And overall, the Seton students scored more than 100 points above average on the SAT over 30% higher on English and reading on the ACT. It's a rigorous program. You want to give the very best to your kids? Trust me on this one. Go with Seton. It is a beautifully rigorous academic program. Go to setonhome.org. That is setonhome.org. Underwritten in part by the following nonprofit. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything? even things you don't believe in, there are options. You can join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith-based health sharing community. Plus, Solidarity HealthShare can save you money with prices starting as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save. 844-398-9399. That's 844-398-9399. I see part of the problem already. You don't really know the ages yeah. of your children. That's a problem. Oh, yeah. Okay, most... Do you know their names? Do you know their names, Michelle? Sometimes you got to get the specifics. I knew my children's names after they'd lived with me for eight or nine years. 
before that, it was just numbers. Seven. Seven, get in here. Five. You leave four alone. Four's not bothering you. My wife said I needed to learn their names. So I did. Oh, I studied. I studied. Got an anonymous mail caller from Nebraska. Cousin uh, tries to hang out with him and his family. Says here on occasion, so that's probably the good news given what the rest of the problem is. Hi, sir. How are you? Hi. Good, Dr. Ray. How are you? How old are your kids and how old are his kids? Um, Mine are uh, two, and then the other one is only a year old. Oh, sorry. The two-year-old's almost three. And then his kids are like two, four, and six. So they're bratty. Yeah, they, uh, well, they, I mean, they can be really sweet, but then, like, if they're told no about something, they'll just, like, make a think and then do it anyway, and then they don't get any discipline. Okay. You think this is going to affect your kids? Well, I notice, like, when they're around, they'll, I don't know, they'll use, like, certain language and stuff like that that I don't really feel comfortable with my kids using, and, uh... And then my kids will repeat it later, or, like, they'll bring a video game, Game Boy thing into the house or something, and we don't do that kind of stuff. So, and we're like, oh, I don't think that's good for my three-year-old, so. But I I guess we, we've been almost afraid to approach it with them, because both the parents have had uh, a lot of, they don't have a lot of friends kind of suffering through some depression themselves, and... Uh, so they're looking to like reach out to someone and we have commonalities. So it's like we, our heart goes out to them. We'd like to help them, but then there's just this issue. And I'm kind of afraid of even approaching it to them because I'm afraid they'll just write us off. Cause I know they've written other people off in the past. And then I'm kind of afraid for their kids ultimately that they will be like an Island. You got two options here, dad. The one is you can supervise very, very tightly when they're there. Mm. Um, you can tell your cousin that, uh, hey, my kids don't have these games, and, and could you just kind of hold off on them because my, my kids get confused and, and they really don't, at this point in their lives, want this stuff. You could say that. So what you're doing is you're not saying, your kids are brats and mine aren't, your discipline stinks and mine doesn't. What you're saying is your kids are older and they have freedoms that mine don't have yet. That's one way to approach mm-hmm. that. If you think that, nah, there's there's no way. There's no way they're going to cooperate. I mean, these kids are coming in with language, too, and I don't know what the words are. Maybe are they stu- words like stupid or dumbhead or stuff like that, or are they actual curse words? No, not curse words, but just like, they'll be playing the game and like the one kid will be like, Oh, he's the bad guy. We got to kill him. And and then my son will be like, Oh yeah, we got to kill him. And I'm like, Uh, Oh, let's say like, even like or something might sound a little less, you know? Yeah. (laughs) And they don't see anything wrong with that. Of course they're, they're almost oblivious to it. Right. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you could use the same approach and say something like, you know, your your children are older and they have language that's older and my kids get confused and they repeat this stuff and then we have mm-hmm. to deal with it after they're gone. So could could you make sure that this stuff doesn't happen? Now, with that said, 
And as reasonable as that is, if you're asking me, what do I think their reaction will be to this? Given that you said they've had emotional problems in their lives, which may indicate that they're not the most self-confident of people, I think the odds are, somebody says, put the odds on it. Well, I can't predict, but I'll just shoot a number here. Five to one that they'll accept with easiness what you say. I think they'll take it personal. I think they'll hear you saying, uh, really, your parenting isn't very good, and uh, your kids are kind of hurting my kids. That's what I think they'll hear, no matter how, no matter how reasonable you put it. So I guess brace yourself for that if, in fact, you have to say something. Now, if you go the hypervigilance route, then you basically do not let their children near your children out of your sight. And if one of them says something like, we, we, we're going to kill him, you step in. Uh, we, don't, we don't use that language in this house. Don't say it, son. So basically what you're doing is you're disciplining their kid. Or you're not really disciplining him, but you're putting a limit on him. And uh-huh. you'll have to see how they take it. Okay. You know, if, they, if they think there's absolutely nothing wrong with, with what the kid's saying, then they won't take it well. If they're just oblivious yeah. and they don't realize that their, their kid is kind of exposing your kid to stuff a little early here, then then they might say, okay, we'll, we'll do something about this. But it's unpredictable, my friend. You you have no idea how they're going to react. Yeah. And I guess on the, on the other side of this, too, uh, my, my wife's at home with the kids. His wife's at home with her kids. And sometimes she'll try to contact my wife and be like, hey, could we get together and hang out? And my wife's like, I don't know if I can handle it by myself. But then we don't really know how to tell them that. It's like we constantly have to make up excuses. But then I'm kind of afraid they're going to see through the excuses and then I don't oh, they will. address it. They will. What you could do is you could tell your wife, okay, here's the deal. If you let every so often her come over with her kids, tell your wife, step in and do not allow her kids to do that stuff around our kids. Stop them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't use that language here, son. Don't say it again. That kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, you're going to run into more of this because if you're trying to keep your children's innocence, give them a little more years of childhood, you can be reasonably certain that most people are letting their kids grow up way too fast and the discrepancy is is going to happen all along the line and you'll have to decide what you want to do about it. All right, my friend, thanks for the call. This is Dr. Ray. Appreciate it. Thanks, Eric Dumont, for taking care of business on that end. All of you, walk with God. He's very fair. He's very just. He's very loving. I'm Dr. Ray. For information on Dr. Ray's presentations, books, and CDs, visit DRA.com and follow him on Facebook. The Doctor is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.